everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, and I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. And every weekend, we're here, we're doing life together, and as always, we're so glad that you've joined us. Dr. Linda, we were talking about uh, people who have to work on the weekend, and we were sort of feeling for them a little bit, you know, but here we are. We're working on the weekend. <laughs> here we are on the weekend, that's we all, right. But you always say happy weekend to people, and it's true. We do have a few people that listen that might be mm-hmm. thinking, hey, I'm working on the weekend. Right. <laughs> this isn't a happy weekend. Well, if you're in the office, glad you could be with us today. That's right, and I hope it is happy. Here's a question for you. Do you ever overthink things? <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. Do you ever have this constant feeling in your head like about something you've said or a decision that you've made that... You second guess, but then you second guess, and then you second guess, and you second guess. Does this uh, take up a lot of residence in your in your brain? I think when you say things to yourself like, oh, I can't relax, or mm-hmm. I can't turn off my mind, and the common one is, if only I had done, uh. and then you fill in the blank, and then you think, oh, my life would be so much better, or the outcome would have been better, I wish I had done. Well, there's a phrase for this, and it's called analysis paralysis, and uh, you just get stuck in this loop of not being able to think past your your own thoughts. Do you think men or women struggle with this more? I think everybody overthinks. I mean, you're, you're saying it. As we talk about this, this is also something that I struggle with a little mm-hmm. bit, too. There are people, though, who don't. So it's really interesting. And later, we're going to talk about what that is. So Norm, our producer, mm-hmm. honestly, Chris, I can't think of times when he ever does this. Well, he doesn't think about much anyway. <laughs> Oh, I love that comment. But he really does it. He makes a decision. He just does it. It's done. He moves on. Mm -hmm. So this topic is of personal interest to me because I do need to work on this. What if you're listening today and you say to yourself, I don't overthink, but I just, I problem solve. Problem solving is coming up with solutions, thinking about them and not dwelling on the problem. Overthinking is when you dwell on the problem Mm. rather than just thinking about the solutions. So that key there is that you're really dwelling on it over and over and over. And again, that's the difference between Norm Mm -hmm. and me. He makes the decision, if if it's a bad one, which, you know, sometimes we don't make the best decisions, he's not going to go back over and over and over that and keep ruminating about it. But what I do is ruminate on those past decisions, and I worry then about how that's going to affect the future. Then how would overthinking be any different than self-reflecting? Here's what I mean. I should probably spend some time thinking about how I talked to Sharon or a conversation that she and I had Would it not be a self-improvement thing, or am I spending too much time thinking about it? Well, if you simply just thought about something Sharon said to you, and then you said, okay, I'm going to use that, I'm going to think about it, I'm going to improve, Mm -hmm. uh, we'd call that healthy self-reflection, right? Because you're trying to improve your behavior. You'd learn something about yourself, you'd gain a new perspective about maybe something that a position she brought up or something, so that would be very purposeful. The difference... And when it becomes overthinking is if you just ruminate about what she said and you don't do anything, that would be overthinking. So when you boil it down, Chris, overthinking doesn't help you at all, no matter how much time you spend doing it. So there's a a sweet spot, maybe a ratio of you should spend this much time thinking about something, but any more than that, it becomes useless. Yeah, I think it's kind of fine line. It's a Mm -hmm. good way to say it. It's, It's that dwelling part that we just talked about. And that happens when you continue to question the decision you make. I did this recently with a decision involving real estate. Because I wasn't sure, I went back and forth, ruminated on it for days, Mm -hmm. even weeks, nor might even say months. Months. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is, 
with real estate, that's a lot of money. So maybe you would spend a lot of time thinking about it. Right. But it was the process. I kept going back and forth, feeling really uncertain about mm-hmm. it, even though we had clear reasons. We talked about it, why we made the decision. But the overthinking led me to feeling exhausted. I mean, I kept thinking about it all night long. I'd wake up, I'd go to bed. I think, well, now did we really make the right decision about that? <laughs> and in the end, I didn't act because I was overwhelmed with it. I, right. I think I can easily overthink those kinds of decisions, especially when the outcome is uncertain. So was that analysis paralysis? I, yes, I think that was analysis <laughs> paralysis, even though the decision was made. Right. So do you see the difference? Mm-hmm. We made a decision. We had clear reasons for it. But I kept going over and over it. Was that really a good reason? Mm-hmm. Should we have not done that? That's the overthinking part that we're talking about. <laughs> well, that was real estate, but then there's the scenario, and we've all been here, where the couple are getting ready to go to dinner, or they are in the car on their way out. <laughs> and where do you want to go for dinner? <sighs> where do you know? Where do you want to go for dinner? Where do you want to go for dinner? You hear the scenario a lot. It goes on and on. And then, you know, the funny part of that, which we've all experienced this, is then the person makes a decision and the other person says, I don't want to go there. (laughs) And then they say, no, you decide. And then you are in that analysis paralysis. So I think there's lots of overthinking on something very simple, like just choosing a place to eat. A perfectly wonderful evening turns into, (laughs) we're just going back home. That's right. That's right. Here's another one. I can get stuck trying to read someone's mind. And this is a problem because I think... What did they really mean by that? And were they being upfront or is there something else in there too? It's exhausting. Right. It is exhausting. I hear you do that sometimes. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> Trying to read their mind. I've heard you say, you know, I'm not sure what my boss meant by that right. or, yes. or what did my neighbor mean by that? You know, he assigned me a task and no one else was assigned. What does that mean? Maybe I'm in trouble mm-hmm. or he doesn't think I can do it. <laughs> it is easy to, to kind of fill in those blanks when right. you're not sure what's going on. That happened this week, actually. I the boss came and said, hey, Chris, we have some old chairs. Would you mind taking those out? And my first response was, well, I'm not the janitor around here. And I talked to somebody about it, and they said, maybe he just thought you were the only one physically able to do it. You should take it as a compliment. There you go. Hey, that's right. Sure, I'll take the chair of that. But but there's no need to overthink something like that. Or have you ever gone to an event and introduced yourself and then thought, oh, did I laugh too loudly? Right, was yes. I too opinionated or did I have something in my teeth? I had to introduce a group once in front of about 3,000 people and I had someone video it on their phone. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I want to watch That's this later. Dangerous. That's bad, yes. <laughs> Turns out I think I did a pretty good job. But uh, if you had it, what would you have done? Would you have been thinking about that for days and weeks and months to it, come? Yes, I would have. <laughs> Torn that video apart, trying to figure out how I could have done better and just overthought the whole thing. What about trying to predict the future? I mean, I can get lost in my thinking about that. Well, what if this happens? And then what would I do? Or, mm-hmm. or I might think, I wonder if this person is going to be the next boss. And then how would I operate? Right. I mean, I think it's good to think ahead and plan ahead for things that happen, but we can also get stuck in what is like an endless loop of wondering how it's all going to work mm-hmm. out and how the unknown is going to affect us. Now, here's, uh, here's one that is easy to overthink. You can get carried away in lots of thoughts about things that may never happen, which is basically what we're talking about. And then what about reading into things, like we've said? Uh, that seems like another area where overthinking is a problem, and it can be a, an occupational hazard. <laughs> well, especially for me. That's what I do, right? So I almost always read into things, and I have to be really careful about that. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of us do this, and we need to be thinking, not overthinking, maybe why we do it. It's easy to take a very small detail and make it big. 
more out of it than is actually there. Chris, that's happening all the time in our culture, mm, right. in the news cycle. There's one little thing. And then the overthinking is astounding to me. People are like, well, what did he mean by that? Yes. What was his intention by that? And they never ask the person directly, so they spend hours just mm. ruminating on what it might have meant and what the person might have done. Maybe we could just have the person come and speak to us and <laughs> get to be. the bottom of it. Even when that's happened in the recent news cycles, right. and they've asked the person, what did you mean by that? And they tell them, they still overanalyze and overthink mm -hmm. it, trying to come up with a different conclusion. Well, before we go to the break, I do want to ask this, and it, it relates to health. My, my leg hurts, have a little pain in my side. Do people begin to uh, overthink about their health? They do, and I, I don't think the Internet helps us with that because we can Google any symptom, right, and think we have a serious illness. And I, I've, I've done this. I'm sure lots of people listening have done this. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to our health, sometimes what happens is we really deny the real symptoms and think we're okay, even when there might be an issue. And then others of us do exactly the opposite, and we overthink. We go to doom and gloom pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. So, yes, we can overthink about our bodies. Well, today on the Dr. Linda Mental Show, the topic is stop overthinking. And when we come back from a short break, can you recognize the signs of overthinking? We'll help you think, not overthink, about it. Hey, it's Chris from the Dr. Linda Mental Radio Show. Dr. Linda's latest book is titled Living Beyond Pain. It gives practical tools to anyone who is living with chronic pain and wants to get his or her life back on track. Recently, Dr. Linda's listeners had questions about pain, and she answers those questions with tips from her book, Living Beyond Pain. Hi, Dr. Linda. I just have a question about diet and pain. Someone told me that changing my diet might actually help my pain. What did you write about this? Yes, yes, yes. Pain is often tied to inflammation. If you go on an anti-inflammatory diet, it may help reduce some of your pain. There are certain kinds of foods that can promote or shut down the biochemical process of inflammation. It might be helpful to work with a registered dietitian on that. But one of the diets that we did recommend in the book was from the Cleveland Clinic, where they talked about a strict vegan or Mediterranean type of diet where you're eating whole fruits, dark green leafy vegetables, nuts, legumes, whole grains. The foods you want to avoid are the processed junk foods, the low nutritional value, the soda, the simple sugars such as high fructose corn syrup, which is in a lot of stuff and it's not really good for you. Processed meat, white bread and pasta, and foods that are high in refined carbohydrates. Oils such as extra virgin olive oil and canola oil are healthier than butter, let's say. So look up the Mediterranean diet. Look up some of these anti-inflammatory diets. We do give you a lot of very specific advice in the book. And there are spices that can also help the body deal with anti-inflammatory process in the body. Something like turmeric is a really good supplement that will help with anti-inflammatory. Hey, thanks, Dr. Linda. If you would like a copy of Dr. Linda Mental's book, Living Beyond Pain, go to drlindamental.com, or you can find Living Beyond Pain anywhere books are sold online. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and today's topic is Stop Overthinking. We've got a lot more to talk about, but before we move on, I want to remind you to check out Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. That's where you'll find her books, blogs, and you can connect on social media. And remember, you can listen to the podcast anytime on iTunes. Check out Dr. Linda's latest book, Living Beyond Pain, to help anyone struggling with pain to get their life back. 
Dr. Linda, I still don't have a copy of that book. How can I get one? Hmm. You could just be like most people and order it on Amazon.com. <laughs> All right, fine. But I know how cheap you are. I'll bring you a book. I just forgot. I literally just forgot to bring it again. Right. That's okay. So I'm not thinking about that, but I will do that. I'll be a team player and I'll go buy one. No, I can bring you one next time. Just You might have to prompt me, though. That's right. I'll, I'll remind him. Yeah. We are talking today on the program about overthinking. And we found 10 signs to help us recognize if we are overthinkers. And this comes from a blog by Amy Morin, posted on Inc.com. Well, the first step to changing a bad habit like overthinking, Chris, is that you have to recognize first you're doing it. Mm. I'm going to read these signs, and then we're going to listen to those, and we're going to see if they apply to you. Then we'll talk about how to stop it. Okay. So this might be helpful for you listening to think, I'm not sure if I do that or I don't do that. Here's the signs. I relive embarrassing moments in my head repeatedly. So that was a little bit like we talked about with mm, first impressions, Right. that maybe we were embarrassed by that and we keep thinking about it. I have trouble sleeping because it feels like my brain won't shut off. That's me. I know. Mm. And I will do that when something is really bothering me. Right. It'll just go round and round and round in my head. I have to get up in the middle of the night when that happens and either write something down, look something up, or do something to put it to rest. I've taken a walk. I've have got, you really? I took a one-mile walk once at 2 in the morning. Is that Just safe? Had to get out. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, I, I live in a pretty say. good part of town, yeah, but still. Oh, how about this one? I ask myself a lot of what if questions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what if questions relate to worry? Yeah. So part of what we're talking about here has to do with if you can't get a hold of this overthinking piece, you might start to develop anxiety. And in some cases, people even go into depression because of this. Number four is, I spend a lot of time thinking about the hidden meaning in things and people and events that happen. <laughs> did you hear what she said? What did she what really mean? What did she mean? really mean? Yeah. Right. Or what did my boss really mean? Mm -hmm. Or what did my mom really mean? <laughs> Number five is, I rehash conversations I had with people in my mind. And I think about all the things I wish I had or hadn't said. That's number two on my list of guilty. I know. A you lot. always think what I, you could have said after the fact. Right. Because you're calmer. Mm -hmm. And you're ready for it. So it's kind of like Monday morning quarterbacking, isn't it, a little bit? <laughs> How about number six? I constantly relive my mistakes. You know, I've really, I think I've gotten better with that one. Me too. Me too. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to have what we called in one of our shows a growth mindset. Right, right, right. And think, okay, I can learn from my mistakes. Number seven is when someone acts or says something in a way I don't like, I keep replaying that in my mind. That's number three on my list. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> you're reordering these, right. but that's okay. But that is a problem because, you know, you're revving it up in your mind by reliving it over and over and over. On this point, you can uh, possibly get more frustrated by the way someone said it more than what they said. I know, but if you keep replaying it in your mind, you're just going to get more worked up right. instead of calming yourself down. Mm -hmm. Number eight is sometimes I'm not aware of what's going on around me because I'm dwelling on things that happened in the past or worrying about things that might happen in the future. Mm -hmm. So this one relates to not being very present moment right? because you're either that person did or that person's going to. That's a faith crisis. It is. Mm. It is. And we're going to get into a little bit more about that right. as the show goes on. Number nine is I spent a lot of time worrying about things I have absolutely no control over. Yeah, that's anxiety, mm. though. Mm. That really is the basis of a worrier that moves into anxiety because we don't have control over a whole lot of things. Right. And then number 10 is I can't get my mind off of my worries. Mm. 
So how do we do with that? Well, I, I put a star next to four <laughs> out of ten of these that really yeah. get me. I could probably have about three of those that are mm-hmm. big problems with me. I, I did see myself in a lot of those points. And again, the point is that if you're engaging in this overthinking on a regular basis, it's going to increase your anxiety and it could possibly be something that moves you into a little bit of depression. So we don't want to continue to overthink. It's not a good thing. We've unpacked this and we've been overthinking, overthinking for the first <laughs> part of the show. <laughs> Enough about the problem. Let's uh, Let's get to the help. And I need to ask an obvious question. Do you tell yourself to stop overthinking? Seems like a little bit of a conundrum. So just to say to yourself, stop it? Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't work too well. (laughs) When you tell yourself not to overthink, you're probably going to do it more. Right. It's like me with, uh, hey, let's lose some weight, and then I gain weight. Yeah, because you're you're giving (laughs) attention to the negative behavior of overthinking. You're telling your brain really to focus on it. So instead... Pay attention to your self-talk. That, that's the, you know, the monologue that runs in your head day and night. And you can distract by getting out of your head. So it would be better not to say, don't do that, because the minute you say that, your brain focuses on it. Does that mean you, uh, you do something that engages other senses like uh, you know, taste and feel and sight, that type of thing? That would be a great way to refocus is mm-hmm. to do something, focus on something very tangible. So take a short walk, like you said. Right. That was a way to get out of that negative thinking cycle. Smell your coffee. I mean, just focus that you're doing it right now. People can't see you doing it. But it would be a way of getting out of your head. So it's almost like interrupting that loop, Mm. that thinking loop. And so anything with your senses you do can distract your brain into Mm. something different. Basically, you want to interrupt that cycle. Exercise works, listening to music to reengage another part of the brain, or even meditating on a scripture would be a good thing. Okay, uh, along the lines of meditation, can you replace the overthought thought. I mean, think of something else. Or challenge that thought. Mm, Right. So replace it with something that would be more reasonable, like, okay, look, I made a mistake. Mm -hmm. I need to let it go. Or not everyone is going to give me a like on my social media. Mm. You know, rather than just ruminating on, I didn't get a like, I didn't get a like. Why didn't people like that? What is it about me they don't like? And again, just getting more reasonable in your thinking. Even if I did make a bad impression, hey, I have the opportunity to correct it. That would be a more reasonable thought. Again, don't try to stop the thought, but replace it and challenge it with something that is not so negative. So lose that, oh no, type of thinking and put something more rational in there. Seems like it would be important then to stop uh, rehearsing what you did wrong. That's where you stand in the shower and you're like, okay, I could have said this, I could have done that. We talked about that, but it's one thing to think about what you did wrong. Again, we're having to make that distinction between, it's not like we're not saying don't ever self-reflect, mm-hmm. like we were talking about in the first you know, part of the show. We do want you to think about what you said, but it's that constant repetitive going over and over and over. Why did that happen? What does it mean? I'm so guilty of this. And when you do this repeatedly, what happens, it becomes a habit in your brain. And then it's harder to let go of things because you're training your brain to do that rumination. Putting it into perspective isn't a bad idea. And one person that helped me do this was my dad. Now, bear in mind, I do radio for a living, okay? Right. I'm not a doctor, not an EMT. What I do isn't necessarily a life-threatening situation. (laughs) And I was really having some problems with something once, and Dad said to me, he said, is anyone going to get hurt, or are they going to die based on your decision? And I think that would apply to a lot of us, again, if we're not in the medical profession or something like that. You know, how serious is it? Are you making a mountain out of a molehill? 
And that is one of the dangers I see in our culture again, that there's so many little things that happen that people, I think a lot of times aren't thinking, they're just mm. not, they're unintentional. And then suddenly they become these huge issues where they're anticipating what people's intention was and what they meant by things. And they are making something so big that had, you know, really, it was not that big of a deal. And so I think if you wait to have the perfect answer to something, and it gets a little scary, doesn't it, in our culture? Because if you misstate something, Mm. it's all over social media. (laughs) And no one ever lets you let it go. So when you make a decision or you do something you might not like, you have to give yourself some slack. And you have to tell yourself, look, I did the best I could at that moment. So take charge of your mind and the thoughts that are running through it. And as an example, right now, I will take charge of this program, Dr. Linda, and say we need to take a short break. All right. But stay with us as we discuss spiritual help for overthinking. There's no doubt about it. We are definitely living in the text, Twitter, and email age. The handwritten note has become quite the relic. But just because we don't write much with pen and paper anymore doesn't mean we should forsake the kind and encouraging message. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, the Relationship Doctor, and I want to encourage you to share a kind word. Even if it's a text, the power of telling a friend you're thinking of them, complimenting a success, or just saying, hey, hang in there, can make all the difference. If you've ever had your day interrupted by just a quick but genuine message from someone close, you know how a thought can raise your spirits, rejuvenate your mind, or help you stick on a difficult path because someone just cares. While you're listening right now, someone may come to mind, someone you can encourage with a few words. Take a minute and text, tweet, or email that person. Tell them you value them and the part they play in your life. It just might change their whole day. You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website, drlindamental.com, or online where books are sold. And you need to check out her latest book written with physician Dr. Jim Cribbs. The book is called Living Beyond Pain. Chris, I hope anyone who's in chronic pain or knows someone who's in chronic pain, and we know that's 100 million people in our country alone, would look at this book and take advantage of all the help that's in there because it really is based on solid research. We looked at the things that are evidence-based in terms of what helps with chronic pain, and it's hope-based. So we really want people to take advantage of that because there's so many people in our country who are suffering right now. Well, it's a fantastic book, and you and Dr. Cribbs did a great job with it, and many people are being helped already. Don't overthink it, just buy it. That's it, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's get into some spiritual help with this problem because the spiritual issues involved seem so important to moving forward without worry and regret. And again, we're talking about overthinking. Right. Remember, overthinking is based on two things, ruminating about the past or worrying about the future. So from a spiritual perspective, why are we worrying about the future? Mm -hmm. Worrying means we're not trusting God. We think we have to control everything. And that's a problem from a faith perspective, isn't it? It is. So overthinking can really trap your brain into a worry cycle. In your book, Letting Go of Worry, you say that doubt is the root of worry. Mm -hmm. So when we doubt God, we think about the future, we get anxious. Say a little more about that. Uh, Why are we so prone to worry about the future? Again, because we can't control it. But it's the unknown. So it's the unknown. We can't always control what happens to us. Mm -hmm. We do our best by making good decisions. We live according to God's word. But then things happen out of our control. And this means during those moments when we do experience a lot of of out-of-control things, Mm -hmm. we have to learn to trust God, and we have to believe, really believe, that He's working all things for our good. 
I think the reason we worry is because at least it feels like we're doing something. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> this is me to a T. When we were putting this show together, I really thought of this because there was a time, and I remember it clearly, that I was just having an average day and really didn't have much to think about or worry about. Things were okay. And that bothered me. Oh. I felt like something was missing because I thought, I'm not worrying about anything. What's wrong? you got to be doing something. Yes. you got to be worrying and taking action. So, so I think that some of us are wired up in such a way that the worry at least gives us something to do when there is a problem. And the issue here is that we don't really put our cares onto God. And that's mm. what exactly what he tells us to do. He tells us, please unload on me. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. And we don't have to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders. But we do a lot of times feel responsible for that. See, Dr. Linda, now I'm being convicted on this program. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I don't think you're alone. I think yeah. it's very easy in our culture of self-sufficiency to somehow think we have to change things rather than saying, God, you're in control. Right. You direct my path. Well, this is the part we forget. We can ask God for his wisdom. We're actually told to ask and pray for wisdom, and God will give it to us. So when you're unsure of a decision or a direction, ask the Holy Spirit for guidance. You can also seek godly counsel from other people. And that's something that, again, I don't think we go to other people Mm. in the church that we maybe respect, maybe an elder or a deacon or somebody we could talk to. Our lack of confidence in ourselves can be replaced by confidence in God and in his word. And that's exactly what it means to be led by the Spirit. Do we overthink because we are, we are in fact, afraid of the future? You know, living in our world, it's kind of normal to see some fear about the future with all the things that are going on. Mm-hmm. But with God, it's not that we don't ever have the fearful feeling. But what does he say constantly in Scripture? Fear not, fear not, fear not. Why? Because he's with us, and we can unload that fear to him. People of faith are not to be motivated by fear. Again, this has to do with trusting God and knowing he holds our future. You know, when my dad was dying, Chris, he wasn't afraid at all. Hmm. He was in such peace because he knew God and where he was going. And it was almost a beautiful thing to witness because that is one moment in your life where you might be really afraid, especially if you don't believe and you don't know what's coming next. But because of his strong belief in God, all of his fear was gone. And I was I was thinking of that old hymn. I don't think many churches sing this anymore, but it's, Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Oh, wow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know who holds the future, life is worth living just because he lives. So don't let fear grip you. The Bible tells us regularly not to fear. God is in control and holds you in the palm of his hand. Nothing in our lives happens away from his watchful eye. You know, that's a great story about your dad because he, at that point, was looking ahead to the future. The past, it didn't matter anymore. That's right. The key to all of this seems to be letting go of these things in your past that didn't work out and stop overthinking the past and accept God's grace. I hope you can see that ruminating on the past and worrying about the future are two ways that we overthink. They're mental habits that can be broken. You can learn not to overthink. Stop overthinking with all that we've talked about today. Use the strategies that we've talked about in this show. At the root of it all is to trust God for your present and for your future. Your past does not dictate your future in God's kingdom. Accept his grace and live a worry-free life. An overactive mind can make life miserable. Learning how to stop spending time in your head and trusting God in all things is one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself. 
Well, that's all the time we have for today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mintel, our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes the show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.